and welcome to Eerie Earth. I'm your host, Kieran, and I'll be guiding you through the paranormal. Together we will learn about hauntings, dark tales, and much more. So sit back, relax, and join me as we explore this eerie earth. In this episode, I will be telling you an original tale written to celebrate Halloween. So sit back, get yourself a hot drink, get some snacks, and get comfy as I tell you the tale of the McKinley haunting. The moon was full and shining through the thin cloud, casting the town of Clearburn into a dull yellowish glow. The town was alive with the buzz of Halloween, children dressing up as creatures from the darkness, prowling the streets looking for sweets, causing mischief and enjoying the town being dressed in pumpkins, spiderwebs and ghostly images. Halloween was his favourite time of year. As soon as it hit midnight on the 1st of October, Matt would put up his decorations to celebrate with the whole of October, decorating every inch of his parents' family home in spooky and horrifying attire, much to his parents' disdain. Spider webs adorned their windows, skeletons hanging from the ceiling, and candles filling every room with flickering lights, creating an ominous atmosphere. The front garden played host to pumpkins with gruesome smiles carved into them, orange light emanating from within, inviting trick-or-treaters to come to the door. As a man in his early twenties, Halloween was still very much something to get excited about, but it had been a long time since he'd gone trick-or-treating. But he loved to dress up as horror characters and meeting up with his friends to have a party, or just wander the streets taking in the environment and the feelings of Halloween. The clock on the wall stuck 9pm as Matt finished off getting ready in his costume. He studied his reflection in the mirror as he continued to apply the white face paint to his skin. He had slicked his long black hair back into a tight ponytail and inserted a fake glow-in-the-dark fangs into his mouth, covering his teeth. He placed a small blood pack into the corner of his mouth and bit down, the warm fluid oozing out of the plastic, filling his mouth with a crimson fluid as it dripped down his chin. In his reflection, he opened his mouth and let out a terrifying hiss as the fake blood spurt onto the mirror. He laughed as he wiped it away, creating a gruesome smudge. He stepped back from the sink and looked at his costume in the reflection, flapping his long black cape as an incredibly detailed vampire stared back at him. Throughout the evening, the doorbell had rung several times. When he opened the door, he was greeted with miniature ghosts, ghouls, zombies and mummies, all holding plastic buckets awaiting to be filled with chocolate, sweets and treats. Memories of being a young child dressed as robots and mummies going door to door in the town telling jokes in the hope of getting lots of sweets. Matt left the house, closing the door behind him, leaving his parents to enjoy the rest of their evening as he went on his way to meet his friends who had asked him to meet up at the old McKinley house. The kids had all gone home and the streets were now crawling with teenagers and adults who were going to parties and enjoying the night. He walked past several houses that had joined in the festivities. One such house was covered in spider webs, skeletons embraced in a waltz spun around the garden, large pumpkins beckoning people towards the house. In the window, a projection of a dead bride banging on the glass entertained trick-or-treaters. After walking further along the crispy leaf-covered road, the decorated houses stopped as he passed a large cemetery. An ominous fence covered the entrance with the words Clear Burn Cemetery moulded into the iron. 
Large naked trees loomed above him, their branches stretching to the sky like spindly skeletal fingers, trying to grab a passing bird unaware to devour in its thick trunk. The ground was covered in crunchy brown leaves, leaving no space for the green grass to poke through, large weather gravestones rising from the sea of brown like wrecked ships. The moon had broken through its menacing cloudy confines to shine brightly, illuminating the graveyard like a large spotlight in the sky. Matt smiled at the spooky image that stood before him as he pushed the rusting gate open, the creaking filling the still autumnal air. The leaves cracked and squeaked below his leather biker boots. As he closed the gate behind him, he waded through the leaves, kicking them creating a waterfall of brown in front of him. He watched as the brown and orange leaves fluttered down to rest back with their fallen brothers and sisters. He passed some worn headstones, the writing barely visible, time erasing the names of their occupiers, only able to make out the date 1770. On some of the decrepit stones, someone had left small carved pumpkins which had slowly started to rot, their twisted grins contorted into a sad grimace. As Matt continued along the gravel pathway, he happened across a mausoleum with large metal doors which were burst open from either vandalism or general wear and tear. Brown and orange leaves littered the stone floor which led to a rusting gate on the ground. The stonework had turned orange from the rust. As tempted as he was to venture into the crypt and explore, he was conscious of his time and that he had to meet his friends. He quickened his pace through the cemetery, coming out the other side into a large open field. On his right he could see a crumbling stone wall which was made up of large boulders and smaller rocks which had fallen out, creating large holes in the wall. Behind the wall were large pine trees which seemed to block out the light from the moon, casting the field into a thick darkness. Matt fumbled in his pockets of his trousers and removed his phone, swiping down and pressing the torch symbol. A bright light burst out of the back of his phone and he held it aloft, guiding his way through the soggy grass, the cape from his costume absorbing the water from the rain-sodden field becoming heavier. He walked over to the ancient wall, the stone rough and damp in his hands as he lifted himself over, barely able to stretch his legs in his tight jeans. Eventually he made it over the wall and walked through the thick forest of pine trees which stretched up high above him. The ground felt spongy underneath his feet as he walked through the towering trunks, the forest floor brown with dead pines. Every so often a large root protruded out of the ground trying to trip up walkers who were not paying attention. Luckily for Matt he was able to dodge the dangerous wooden legs arching up. As he walked through the mass of trees for about 10 minutes before he came to a clearing, the trees had started to thin when he noticed a large building reaching out of the ground, blocking his path. He walked through the mass of trees for about 10 minutes before coming across a clearing. The trees had started to thin when he noticed a large building reaching out of the ground, blocking his path. Made of red brick, the building had white pillars which led up to a stone veranda which stood proudly over the large, cracked, nature-covered staircase which led to two large wooden doors. A thick, rusted chain weaved through the worn brass handles. The building stretched to the right and to the left, disappearing into the darkness. Large windows adorned the walls with large wooden boards nailed into the frames covering the glass, preventing anyone from getting in or out. As Matt looked up at the building, he guessed the building was around four stories tall, reaching high up into the night sky. He looked at his phone, the light still shining at the back. As he clicked the button on the side, the screen illuminated, lighting up his face in the darkness, causing him to squint slightly. 
The image of the gruesome pumpkin with the words Happy Halloween written underneath flashed up on the screen, with the clock at the top showing 9.30pm. He was always early, he thought to himself, as he turned the torch off and put his phone back in his pocket. He was meeting his friends at this very spot at 10pm to explore the spooky abandoned McKinley Mansion. The house was known in the town to be abandoned and supposedly extremely haunted, but he'd never been there before. Intrigued, he walked up to the large stone steps and placed his hand on the rough wood of the door. As his skin touched the wood, it felt as if small needles were piercing his skin as the wood splintered slightly. He wrapped his hand in his cape and pushed against the door and slid it open with a loud scraping noise as the wood scratched the marble, leaving a large dirty mark. The door was stopped in its tracks by the large rusty chain which had been tightly wrapped around the brass handles of the door. The gap was big enough for Matt to squeeze through and into the entrance hall of the building. He stood in the middle of the hall looking around. Above him he saw a large elaborate chandelier hanging from the ceiling, burnt out and melted candles left in their holsters, covered in dust, large cobwebs stretching from the fitting to the wall. Either side of the wall he saw walkways which stretched around the room and large wooden banisters on the edge to prevent anyone from falling over. In front of him was a large staircase which led up to the walkways. A dusty, dirt-covered crimson carpet ran the length of the staircase, coming to a frayed stop at the bottom. Two large candle holders stood guard, either side of the staircase, their metal arms forever holding a mass of wax from candles of different colours, creating a rainbow waterfall cascading down from the holders, nearly touching the ground. The marble floor on which he stood reminded him of a giant chessboard with black and white squares that filled the room from wall to wall. On the left wall he could see two large oak doors which were left ajar with a pile of dead leaves built up in front of one of the doors. To his right he saw two doors on the wall, one at the far end of the room and the other just beside him. Every single fibre of his being was urging him to leave out the door and wait outside for his friends, but his curiosity got the better of him as he made his way to the left and opened the double door, the sound of the crunching leaves filling the foyer. He entered the long room which stretched off into the distance. A large ornate table took up most of the space, covered in dusty stained sheet which hung loosely over the edge of the table. The chairs packed tightly underneath. To the far end of the room he could see an ornate fireplace which looked as if it at one time would have been used a lot as it had a large black smoke stain erupting from the fireplace which tarnished the white marble facade. The walls of the room were covered in a dark wood panelling, with very well painted pictures hanging on the wall. While Matt had no knowledge of any art or any interest in art or art history, he was able to tell that these paintings were very well done, and to the right person could probably fetch a pretty penny. As he studied the display, above him he heard two loud bangs coming from the walkway, which ran the length of the room. As soon as the sound filled his ears, his heart skipped a beat and he jumped, gasping. He clutched his chest trying to calm himself down, but with trepidation filling his every being, he quickly made his way back to the entrance hall. As he closed the door to the dining room behind him, another bang erupted from the top of the stairs, much louder than the last. Matt called out, thinking perhaps it was his friends playing a prank on him, and he made his way up the large staircase. His footsteps muffled on the carpet. 
He reached the top of the staircase and branched off to the left and right, three steps leading to the walkways. He climbed the three steps and continued along the walkway to be greeted by another set of double doors, which he opened slowly. He walked through the door and found that he was in a large, empty room with a dark brown wooden floor and peeling wallpaper, the walls covered in a dark black mould. At the far end of the room he could see a large stained glass window which depicted a woman in a dress, her hands clasped together holding a bouquet of red roses held over her stomach. Her eyes were a piercing blue. With a very confused look upon his painted face, Matt walked to the room towards the far end. As he got closer he noticed another door which was open and large planks of wood were spewing out of the opening. He scrambled over the wood into a large, tight corridor. He could barely see anything through the darkness, so he removed his phone again, the light from the screen filling the hallway. As the light illuminated the corridor in front of him, he noticed at the far end there was a figure silhouetted in the torchlight, motionless and still, staring at him. Coming up on Eerie Earth, I will continue to tell you the horrifying tale of the McKinley Haunting. frozen to the spot as his eyes adjusted to the light of his phone as he stared at the figure that was watching him. The closer he got to it, it did not move, did not run, did not react. He held the phone higher, the light filling more of the corridor. He was now only a few feet away and he noticed the figure was dressed in a white flowing wedding dress. The white fabric was cascading in the gentle breeze that seemed to pulsate through the entire building but the figure still did not move. Matt was now face to face with the figure. The veil of the dress covered a faceless wooden head, the dress clinging to the thin wooden body. Matt laughed. Oh, thank God, it's just a mannequin. As he pushed it over, it hit the wall with a thump that echoed through the tight corridor. In the corridor were two doors, one on the left and one on the right. Matt tried both, the right one the only one that gave way. As the door opened with a creak, he went inside. The room was bright and the walls painted a bright cream with a soft green carpet on the ground, a contrast from the rest of the dark and dingy house. Against the far wall of the room sat a single bed, white duvet with white fluffy pillows. It was very inviting. On the dresser on the opposite side was a small music box which was open, the small ballerina stuck in a permanent state of dance to silent music. Matt walked over and investigated the music box and inside was rusted jewellery. As he turned away from the music box, it pinged to life, the high-pitched tinkling music playing through the silence of the room. Matt jumped in his skin as the music started playing, turning back to the box to see the ballerina spinning on the spot, dancing to the creepy slow music. After a few moments, she stopped, and the lid to the music box slammed shut. 
Matt turned to the door to make a quick escape when the door slammed shut. Shocked, Matt tried the handle, shaking the door violently. As he stepped back, his hands in his head, there was a loud thump behind him and a small door opened in the wall, hidden behind the wallpaper. It opened a crack and Matt went over and bent down in front of the door, pulling it open and he crawled inside. Cobwebs hung from the ceiling as he squeezed through the opening. The small corridor opened into another large room. The far wall of the room was covered from floor to ceiling with dolls of all shapes and sizes staring lifelessly at Matt as he straightened up, dusting himself off. Large spiders scuttled along some of the faces fleeing from their new visitor to the room. He stepped closer, taking out his phone, using the light from the screen to light up the room, taking in the spooky sight of the dolls, studying their faces, hoping with all of his might that one would not start to move. One of the dolls situated in the centre of the pile had long dark hair which flowed down onto her chest as she clutched a woolen bunch of red roses. Her eyes were hanging loosely open, her crystal blue pupils staring down at the ground. Matt recognised the image from the girl in the stained glass window he saw earlier. As he bent down to get a closer look at the doll, her eyes flicked up, staring at him. Matt dived back, falling on his behind, scrambling out of the hole, back through the corridor and into the cream room, stumbling to the door, slamming against it, clutching at the handle, pulling it open and lunging into the corridor. Breathing heavily, he placed his hand against the wall to catch his breath, turning and leaning his back against it, panting like an excited dog. He placed his hands on his knees and looked up into the room, watching the small door in the wall, hoping not to see the doll coming out. As he stared intently, the small door slammed shut with a loud bang, disappearing into the wallpaper. Matt quickly turned away from the room and continued down the corridor. At the end of the corridor was a doorway which led into a large bedroom. He stepped over the wooden dress model and into the bed. He was greeted with a large double four-poster bed, which was covered in another stained white sheet, as was the dresser and the wardrobe. He shone the light around the room, dust covering every inch of the elaborate bedroom. Spider webs stretched the length of the bed. He went over to the wardrobe and pulled the sheet off. A cloud of dust exploded into his face, making him cough loudly as the dust flew into his mouth and into his lungs. He jumped slightly as he was greeted with his own reflection in the dust-covered mirror, the light bouncing off the glass, distorting his image slightly. Matt opened the door to the wardrobe and found hanging up on the wire hangers large moth-bitten coats and jackets and musty smell filling his nostrils, all lined up perfectly and untouched. In the middle of the hanging clothes, he noticed a gap, an empty hanger, a spot where the dust had been disturbed. He pushed the coats aside and studied the empty hanger, but something caught his eye on the bottom of the wardrobe. He noticed a white garter with a blue flower sitting in the dust. He stopped and bent down and went to pick up the garter. As his fingers touched the lace, the room was filled with a bright orange light. He whipped around and found that he was standing in an illuminated bedroom. Candles danced in their holders. The dust had gone. The bed was covered in a fluffy pink duvet and the room was filled with a sweet aroma. There was a distant sound of music being played on a piano from somewhere in the house. Matt watched as a woman wearing a white silk nightgown came bounding into the room, her long charcoal hair flowing over her shoulders, her ruby lips standing out on her pale face, her eyes painted in a baby blue eyeshadow. She was carrying a dress in her arms and she lay it on the bed. 
A large smile appeared on her face. She turned to Matt who was standing in front of the wardrobe and made her way over to the mirror and started to brush her long black hair. After a few seconds she stopped, turned to stare at Matt and her expression changed to one of anger and fear. Matt stared intently as the woman's skin cracked and rotted before his eyes. She suddenly shouted, Look what she did! Matt dropped the garter and fell on his backside. As soon as the garter fell out of his hand, he was back in the dusty, decrepit room. Matt leapt to his feet and bolted out of the bedroom and into the corridor. He ran past the mannequin and stopped, and he noticed that the dress was gone. It was just a naked wooden dress model. Trying not to think about it, he darted through the corridor and along the walkway, bursting through the double doors and back into the main entrance. He jumped down the stairs, taking two at a time and ran for the front door, but he found it was shut and it was locked. He couldn't open the door. He pulled and pulled at the handle, but it would not budge. He banged on the door with his fist and kicked at the door with his heavy boots, the banging echoing through the house. He screamed for help, but no one seemed to hear him. Silence. He stepped backwards, breathing heavily as his heart thumped in his chest, threatening to burst out of his ribcage. As panic started to set in, he turned to face the stairs and noticed a white door to the right of the staircase. He twisted the handle and the door creaked open, and he was greeted with a large garden room. Vines hung down from the ceiling and smashed glass panes allowing the moonlight to pierce through the nature, which was forcing its way in. A large fountain sat pride of place in the middle of the room. The stench of stale water hung in the air as the green still water filled the base of the fountain. Broken paving slabs covered the floor, weeds breaking through the stone, reaching for the ceiling, some waist height. On the opposite side of the room was an iron mesh gate, which seemed to lead to an outside conservatory. Matt jogged to the gate, relief filling his being finally a way out. He pulled at the gate, but it would not budge. The rattling of the metal filled the room, drowning out the frustrated scream of Matt as he continued to shake the gate. He turned back to the fountain and sat on the edge and put his head in his hands, sighing loudly. While sitting on the edge of the fountain, Matt removed his phone from his pocket and pressed the button on the side, the screen flashing on, the pumpkin smiling back at him. He looked at the clock, thinking it must be time for his friends to be meeting him. When he looked at the number, he noticed that they had become distorted, pixelated, unreadable. Confused, he unlocked his phone and mashed the clock symbol, and the app opened up, flinging the image of a clock. But the hands and the numbers of the clock were gone, just an empty clock face staring back at him. He shook his head and he rubbed his eyes. This can't be happening, he thought as he flicked through the contacts until he stopped on the name of his friend Felicity. He hit the name and the screen turned black and Felicity's name appeared. As he put the phone to his ear, he was biting his nail nervously, a horrible habit that he promised to give up if he ever got out of here. As he waited for the call to connect, there was a loud crackle coming from the phone and a high-pitched voice filled his ear. He quickly threw the phone from his ear and it smashed on the floor, the case coming off, the cracked screen staring back at him. He jumped up from the edge of the fountain and burst through the door back into the entrance hall and tried the front door again, banging and kicking. Nothing. The atmosphere to the room suddenly changed. The cold dampness of the house disappeared and the room was filled with a strong feeling of sadness. An ice-cold air pulsed through the entrance hall, chilling Matt to the bone. 
He turned around to look at the top of the stairs when he saw something standing, looking down at him. The woman from the bedroom, dressed in a torn, blood-covered wedding dress, a deep crimson stain covering her bodice. It almost seemed like she was floating as she came closer to Matt, her gaze never leaving him. As she approached the bottom of the stairs, her cracked, broken, pale skin more obvious the closer she got. Her thick black hair was matted and tangled, dirt and leaves attached, as if she'd just crawled from the grave. The veil was covered, her ghostly face was ripped and frayed, large holes showing her disgusting features. She raised a thin, bloody arm, a bone was bursting out of her skin, and the meat in her arm was visible, the thick muscle spewing out of the open wound. Her fingers were black and rotten, the rotten skin non-existent to reveal the tips of a skeletal digits. On the fingers with the blackened skin, her nails were broken or missing. Her eyes were white pools of emptiness. Tears of blood trickled down her drawn, sunken cheeks, dripping into the marble below, disappearing on impact. She opened her mouth as thick black goo oozed out and poured over her chin as she let out a high-pitched, gargled scream. A scream that ran in Matt's ears as he covered them and closed his eyes tightly, tucking his head into his chest to stop seeing the horrendous image that was in front of him. As he opened his eyes a few seconds later, the grotesque spectre was still there, pointing at him. The screaming had stopped and she'd lowered her arm. As she stared at him motionless and still, the blood still trickling from her eyes and the gun still oozing from her open maw, Matt noticed her lips moving as if she was whispering, small bubbles forming in the thick black gunk. The sound of her voice got louder but was still barely audible, but started to increase getting louder and louder until she was shouting, You did this to me! She suddenly rushed Matt, rotting fingers scratching in the air. As she hit him he was flung against the heavy wooden door, slumping on the floor, the room going black. Thank you for listening to this part of the McKinley Haunting. Join me next week to find out what happens to Matt. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>